Without a ball, it's just a court. And without your spirit, it's only a game. So, together with the fans, we bring our best. For your next pregame, let's share a twist on a classic. The Hennessy Margarita. A squeeze of fresh lime juice and a bit of agave syrup. Topped off with ice and a salted rim. Mix it, shake it, pour it. And enjoy the spirit of the NBA. Hennessy. Without your spirit, it's only a game. 21 and older, please drink responsibly. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's up, everybody? Happy Wednesday. We got quite a lineup for y'all today. Before we get to it, make sure y'all subscribe to Point Four wherever you listen to your podcast and follow us on all social channels at Point Four. Don't miss a thing. This past week, I feel like uh, I was on the edge of my chair. Both NFC and AFC playoff games. My Niners squeaked it out. I know y'all counted us out, but here we are back in the Super Bowl. I don't know. I guess I just, I'm always affiliated with winners. But we'll be diving into who we have winning the Super Bowl. Uh, and to remind y'all, I've had a 49ers blanket since I was eight years old. So real fan. And then, of course, we got to discuss Luka Doncic's 73-point game and where that ranks in history. Yeah, I don't know if people are going to like my take too much. But I can't wait to hear the take. I want to know. I, I actually want to hear it, to be honest with you, because... With the game, it's a whole lot of deciphering and numbers and it's a lot of crazy stuff. Yeah, because I was actually watching that game. Once he got to like 30, like five, it was the second quarter, so I was watching. So, yes, we will dive into that. Lastly, our guest on the pod this week is the one and only Ernie Johnson from Warner Brothers, Turner Sports, the whole conglomerate. So, diving in there. Now, you already know what it is. Point Forward is presented by DraftKings Fantasy Sports. Check out what DraftKings has to offer this season with code Point Forward, because life's more fun when you're in on the action. DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. See DraftKings.com for details. Point Forward. This is Andre Iguodala. This is Evan Turner. We're trying to get to the true essence of not just basketball, but life, and that means something, something, something. It is like a finger pointing away to the moon. Don't concentrate on the finger or you will miss all that heavenly glory. That level of understanding has been taken out of the game. Of the game. Now you already know what it is. Point Forward is presented by DraftKings Fantasy Sports. Check out what DraftKings has to offer this season with code Point Forward, because life's more fun when you're in on the action. DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. See DraftKings.com for details. I know everyone was tuned in to the football game on Sunday. Obviously, 
I want to know what the numbers look like when they come back. So the Super Bowl is officially set. The San Francisco 49ers, my San Francisco 49ers first. My mother's Kansas City Chiefs. My mom's from Kansas City. Oh, wow. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's... Uh, you should take her. Uh, she should go by herself. <laughs> I, don't, I just don't like rockers. I don't, I don't like too many people in the same place at the same time. It's just a lot. Um, what's that phobia called? Weirdo phobia. Social anxiety. <laughs> the fishbowl so, syndrome. This is true. So, what are the DraftKings odds for Super Bowl champ and MVP? 49ers opened up a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Quickly bet down to one-point favorites on Sunday night. Over 80% of the bets placed on DraftKings on this matchup are on the Chiefs. Which is super interesting. So the, four, so the 49ers are favorites to win the Super Bowl. I like that. How, it is how, how does that shock you? Because Mahomes just, he's finding a way to get to the Super Bowl no matter what. Like his tight end getting old. Um, he's got a lot of pressure from a whole fan base of musical artists or I should say entertainment artists. Word to, word, to, word to Aretha Franklin. She said she wore nice gowns. She didn't say anything about her voice. Not my words. Don't get mad at me. Um, so, E.T., you e. saw that, E.T., right? No, I saw that, bro, but this is the only thing I'll say, G. I know she getting... She can write the shit out of a song. And and when and when a song hits, it hits. You know what I mean? I, I, I wouldn't know because I don't listen, but I believe you. Yeah, if you listen to Trouble, like the song she wrote about John Mayer, like some of that shit hit, or like The Best Day, if I was a daughter, it would bring a tear to my eye. But other than that, I feel you. <laughs> I feel you. Let's keep going. We're not straight up. No, I mean, I feel like that needs to be said. So thank you for the education. The, the education. Of, yeah, the miseducation Taylor of Taylor Swift, yes. Yeah. <laughs> MVP odds uh, for the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes is the highest odds at plus 130. Followed by Brock Purdy. Interesting. At plus 210, he did come through in the clutch for us. I want to mix this through. up. I dig you, bro, but the white running back needs to be the MVP, man. Like, just for the sake, like, Christian McCaffrey is really doing work, bro. I would I'm, agree. A Brock, I'm a Brock Purdy fan, dog, but Christian McCaffrey really matters. Travis Kelsey put on a show this past week, Sunday. He's at plus 1,500. Um. Yeah, he he's been playing well in the playoffs. He broke Jerry Rice, Jerry Rice's uh, reception record for playoffs, I believe, for the playoffs, most receptions in uh, NFL playoff history. Wow. Uh, Debo Samuel is a plus two thousand. Uh, he would be my bet if the Niners win. Um, I felt like he was the uh, X factor in the game this past week against the Lions. George Kittle was a plus six thousand as well. So mainly uh, quarterbacks, That's crazy, tight ends. Yeah, George Kittle's a plus. Yeah. He might not catch. He always has, like, the biggest catches, like, most important catches, like, all the time. So it's kind of crazy. He might only get, like, three or four, but it's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. He, he makes big, big, big catches, right? Tough dude. And he had a crazy uh, block on your boy last game from the Lions. And they... They kept rewinding it. Oh, yeah, yeah, back. yeah, yeah, Hutchinson, yeah. And that's a Hutchinson, big boy. Yeah. yeah, that's a big that's boy. That's a big boy. That's a big boy. Damn. I, I don't know. He's yeah. probably really strong if he held off. 
Hutchison. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm still sorry Detroit lost. I was it's just a it's just a backbreaker just to see like see a team lose a game like that. No, I mean it sounds like the playoffs. Nah, I hear you, G, but damn. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was wild. Yeah. What else? The NBA season is in full swing, and when I can't get enough of the action on the court, I spice things up betting on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official partner of the NBA. Right now, new customers bet $5 and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with code point four. New customers can bet just 5 bucks on the NBA and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code point four. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort, Kansas, 21 and older. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash basketball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. So we heard him say, what did we hear him say, E.T.? Shoot. After Luka dropped the 73 points, man, and some people are saying that it, it's, it goes down arguably one of like the greatest games or the greatest game in NBA history. Because you compare it to Kobe's 81, I think Kobe only had like three assists. Luka had like 73 points. What was it, nine, seven assists, yeah, like nine, nine rebounds? Assists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought he had double-double on rebounds. Maybe. Yeah. Who knows? But I'm saying like... The only other game that really came to mind as a recent was when James Harden went and got that, what was that, that 16 and 18? Yes, he did. That was that was wonderful. Yeah, so I'm saying, like, where, where do you think that game, the Luka Doncic game, ranks amongst, you know, some of the best games in history? Or is it all gas? 73 points is crazy in the span of 48 minutes, Doc. I'm trying to put it in the right perspective. He made a shot in the third quarter. Over the Johnson kid, who's looks really good. I like him a lot. That's his name, right? Jalen Johnson. That's his Jaylen name. Jalen Johnson. He's balling. The, uh, I like him a lot. The exile like lot. kid from Duke. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm gonna whoop his behind when I see him. But this kid is incredible. He could play some ball, and he he was playing really good defense on Luca. And Luca hit a crazy step back, top of the key, tough shot. Um, but as I'm watching the game, he had a tough side step baseline. Um, Going to his right in front of the in front of the Atlanta bench, that was impressive. Um, they started doubling him in the fourth quarter, getting the ball out of his hands full court, uh, which led to some open corner threes. Dallas did a good job of you know winning the game. It was still a close game, but it, it looked it looked different than the Kobe game. I mean, you saw a few clips where it was just like layups to the basket. The defense, you know, defense of Atlanta, suspect, I don't know. Yeah, and that's what's so crazy. Because, like, the next step, you see so many people, like, it's been, like, what, three, like, 60-plus point games, like, the past week or so. And when it's coming Mm -hmm. down to it, it's like, I remember playing open gym, like, versus regular students in high school. And I feel like gym class is only 35 minutes, and I put up, like, 60 points. And I felt like <laughs> – but that made sense because I was playing versus right. kids that, like, never really hooped. I hoop mm-hmm. every day. But, like, a dude scoring 73 points or dudes getting, like, to 60 points over, like, a 48-minute span, 
What does that mean? Are our players really that good or has the game kind of, or like defense kind of watered down, bro? Like what, what does that mean for the game? You know what I'm saying? Because now there's going to be so many numbers. Like even Tatum, he's at 11K already. Like to do those comparisons yeah. and to hit those runs, it's like, has it been shifted a bit? Like kind of how they say the quarterback numbers do in football. Yeah, I do think the offensive players have gotten better. And I do think they have a, a, a different type of package. Like they've added that extra layer of uh, creativity to get an open look. You know, like we, I'm seeing Maxi do what he does. Uh, CJ McCollum was, was early on it. Dane was early on it. I mean, James Harden. Uh, I think everyone was talking about how Steph has kind of changed the game with the three-point shot. You know, we were speaking to our guy last night. Uh Shout out to our man Yoni, and he was saying, you know, in his opinion, there's only been three guys who have changed the way the game is played. It was Kareem, it was it was Magic, uh, no, it was Magic, MJ, Steph. Yeah. But I do think James Harden and his step back has added another layer to the game of basketball in terms of the way it's played offensively and uh, the creation of space. The way these kids, Darius Garland, the way he's been, eh, 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 step back, step back. Yeah, yeah it's and a pity, Pat. Yeah. I do think there's an extra half of a step in there. Like they've come up with, they turned, coined this term called gathering, gather step, gather step, or the ball is not fully gathered to where yeah, you can still have rolling. Ball yeah. rolling in your hand and you can get off three or four steps. I think if you want to add all that, you got to bring back. Not fouling, but uh, in terms of physicality, like I've always said this. I went to a WNBA game, and I said to myself, whoa, up close and personal, like they play, like they compete, they get after. Mm -hmm. Like the physicality is a different level than ours. Like it's more physical in the W than it is our game. And you have to be wary of where your hands are. You know, the offensive player is so creative of drawing contact. And then they don't call the foul in the playoffs. And so now it's a different game in the playoffs to where you got certain types of sentiments. And the Kyle Lowry syndrome. You can't hoop without the whistle. And, and that's what people say. You know, you get labeled yeah. a, a guy who can with, with great gamesmanship. But in the playoffs, that gamesmanship may not translate. And that's where I struggle with the game right now. And so, you know, we got the in-season tournament. That's really good for the game, uh, for the competition level. But how do we sustain that tough, competitive nature that can be, I'm not saying overly physical, but like you can play defense, you know, you can bump a guy coming across the lane, yeah. you know, a guy a guy can't flail his arms into a shot. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I remember what Nocioni said when I was like a rookie, and this is 2010, he was just like, man, I was like, what do you think about the game now? Just discussing stuff. He's like, bro, dudes are too good not to be able to touch them. Mm-hmm. So he's like, one thing that I'm getting frustrated with, and Nocioni, legendary Argentinian player, but just right. like, no, nah, I'm getting frustrated because you can't stop Kobe, you can't stop Joe John, you can't stop Melo by not being able to touch him. So what are you supposed mm-hmm. to do? And then he's just saying from a competitor's standpoint, and like a 3 and D or whatever else, it's like, shit, how else do I make a living? You know what I'm saying? But I just think anytime dudes are getting, you seeing dudes in a week span, it's like, seven scores of 50 and over, like, individually, like, that's kind of insane, bro. This is an NBA, dog. Like, not saying the dudes can't stop them. I'm just like, shit, I just, what's the point of going through shoot around? 
<laughs> or watching film if the Knicks getting 55 like every blue moon used to get 50 yeah. maybe like he got 50 now you get bro 50 is we should do a draft teams where we bet on, on who's gonna get 50 again cause it's gonna pop this up in that. a week huh? like Bill like barely plays and goes and gets 42 every time he plays right 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 well like, what's, that's another that's that we were talking about this and please I'm teeing this up for you what if you if you score 35 or more, what's going to be the result for the team? I feel as though we're going to win. Like, I, I never understood, like, how you – how dudes get 35-plus and can't win. Like, you understand what I'm saying? Or you see dudes have these miraculous games of 40. For one time I played with Trey Young, and granted, it probably was my fault because I was on the team. But, like, yeah, 48 and 15. And I'm like, damn, imagine losing with 48 and 15. I'm like, bro, I could never – if I went and – Shot my load to get 40. It's like shooting every bullet in your gun and not killing a deer. And I feel like that's the difference. That's the difference in our game where you can score 60, 70 points and lose. Yeah. And I I think we have, it's like the creator economy that we're in or the social influencer economy that we're in. It's more about the performance than the actual win. And I do think, you know, statistics are taking precedence over, you know, um, the team aspect of it. Mm. This is quite, it's just easy and simple because as we keep going over this thing where it's like you see these incredible performances, but how many times have we seen the MVP win the championship in the same year? LeBron, Steph were the last two guys, and then they just had this great performances last week against each other and they're both you know talking after the game like how do we still do it at this old age and you still have that you still have a sense of like what you're playing for in terms of like what's priority and so that's my problem with the game right now where we're glorifying we're glorifying these numbers so much without it coming with like within like the team aspect of it now everybody's going to play what one way and so now, how are you going to teach a guy to cut? How are you going to teach a guy to set a screen and roll? Yeah. How are you going to teach a guy to, you know, you just make a back cut just to clear out space, sprint the yeah. lane. Like, everybody yeah. just like, I'm trying to get the rebound. I'm trying to go to work. Now, every game is going to be a all-star game. Hopefully, hopefully we have a different all-star game this year. But, like, that's where we're trending towards. Like, Hennessy and Mitchell and Ness have come together for the ultimate drop, a limited edition collection to celebrate Hennessy's continued partnership with the NBA. Because some things just go together, like Evan and myself. Hey, man, man. Remember when we met back in the day at Tim Grover's attack facility? Mm-hmm. I think it was like 08. I was finishing up my freshman year, and you were about to prepare to get that bag, right? Yes, my extension year. We met in 08. In 2010, we fast-forwarded to be each other's teammates. Mm-hmm. I obviously thought I was better than you. Then the first day of practice, I go baseline. And you, you Brian blocked my shot before that Brian. That was a good block, G. <laughs> bro, I remember that, that. Bro, that was an amazing block. I'm looking like, bro, what just happened back there? And then I'm like thinking something, like talking to my agent. Like, bro, you just said I was better than this dude? <laughs> Look, on the court, you're surrounded by a collection of personalities, egos, and talent. But when the pieces come together, that's when you form a great team. The same thing is true when you mix a great drink. Different ingredients come together for the first time, complementing one another to make something out of this world. And beyond the drinks, this drop with Hennessy and Mitchell and Ness celebrates the intersection of basketball with art, music, and fashion. 
elements of culture that represent ways the fans and players pay homage to the game. The exclusive collection will have a limited drop available for both in retail and online. Check out at Hennessy US on Instagram for more information. Hennessy, without your spirit, it's only a game. 21 and older, please drink responsibly. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You know, who the kids want to be? Like, we teaching our kids, hey, man, you ain't got to play defense because you can't. And, hey, man, like, my son's a great passer. I'm like, man, you pass too much, bro. You ain't going to the league if you pass the ball because yeah. that ain't important anymore. That's what yeah, I'm worried we, about. And you want to know what's so crazy too, G? Like, you playing with NBA players, like, it's not bad. Like, I see just keep cooking, but, like, bro, you need to shoot, like, you need to score 70. Or, like, you see dudes, it's like, so you play with other pros, like, there was one dude that needed to get 70 points. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, the, 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 like the, the move the ball around, distribute the ball around. Like, you playing with other capable players. Like, sometimes I always wonder, like, damn, where where that 43 shots come from? This like, is, <laughs> like, the, like, the Kobe game. Like, yeah, like, that. The, the Kobe game, he, yeah. he, at halftime, he was like, oh, y'all don't want to play today? Yeah. All right, cool. Like, they was losing. They yeah. were losing. And he was like, no, y'all don't want to play today. I'm going to win the game by myself. Like, that was what made that game legendary because yeah. he said to himself, he said to his teammates, all right, y'all y'all on BS today. Like, all right, I'm not wasting my time. Move out the way. And I don't think we – you don't see that as much. Or you yeah. don't see that at all. And so I'm watching yeah. the game. I watched the Atlanta-Dallas game and never did – never at any point did I think Dallas is going to lose. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm like uh, and so it was just like – what are we doing out here? Yeah. I mean, shout out to Luca. Like, you got to go get seventy three. That's one thing that I don't yeah. want to get yeah. lost yeah. in translation. Yeah. Like, yeah. you got to go get seventy three. Like, yeah. you can't just pull up and just be like, "All right, I'm gonna walk into this." Like, you had yeah. to go get it. Yeah, prodigy got it for sure. Man, point forward. Today we have one of our our favorite guests. Um, Evan and I have been seeing this guy on uh, most of the time on Thursdays throughout winter and spring uh, in the evenings as our um, as our place of peace and as we dove into the world of basketball uh, he's done so much uh, he's become a household favorite uh, as the game of the popularity of basketball has exploded um, they have an, an amazing cast 
Now with Inside the NBA, please welcome Ernie Johnson Jr. Can I say something something real quick? Yes, sir. Happy birthday to you. (laughs) Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Andre. Happy 40th birthday to you. Yeah. Yo, that was pretty good, bro. That was really good. That was impressive, bro. Ernie Johnson just saying happy birthday to you. Like, you know, I, I can I can do that lounge lizard act every now and then, you know, that's my <laughs> that's my uh, karaoke go to voice. There you go. Yeah. Happy birthday, yes, man. Yes. 40 of those. Thank things, you, man. Yes. Yes. You. Yes. I'm happy to be here. I think I believe so. I am happy to be here. <laughs> I assume you celebrated your 40th probably with 36 holes of golf. Sadly, no. Oh, my. Things yeah, have really changed for you, man. Yeah, sad. I, no, like I'm trying to explain to people, like I have like a real job, like I don't play golf. Oh, that's got to be painful. It's very painful to my soul. Yeah, because I know my how soul. much you love hitting it, man. Yeah, I mean, I'm in my golf studio right now, actually. So I'll get like 15 minutes here and there where I hit a few shots. So my handicap still single digit, but it's high. It's not good. It's not what it was. Wow. No, because I know how much you love it, man. We had you on our golf coverage before, man. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, well, Mark, sometime in March, uh, that's all I'll say. I'm going to have some fun playing golf. (laughs) Very good. (laughs) Very good. And Evan, it's great to be with you, man. I appreciate appreciate you all. No no, no doubt. Thanks for jumping on, pause. We we definitely appreciate you. Definitely appreciate you pulling up and everything you've done for, uh, you know, the, the game of basketball media. So this is going to be a crazy uh, interview. So let's uh, we'll start you. off. Yeah, we'll start off first. And um, obviously, we all know who Ernie Johnson is now. You're just inducted into, uh, you know, the Hall of Fame. But uh, let's go into who Ernie Johnson was to start way before, you know, he became uh, famous, you know, famous for inside <laughs> the NBA. Oh, man. Well, I tell you, I. My my original dream and my goal was to be a, a big league baseball player uh, because that's what my dad did. Played the yeah. Braves back in the fifties, and and uh, I just I somehow seemed to lack the talent to uh, to carry that through. I I did play one year of baseball at Georgia. My I, I walked on as a freshman and then was told to walk off as a sophomore, and so that was it, man. And and so. Uh, so then you're kind of like, uh, like a lot of college kids, you know, you, you're saying, so where am I going to, where am I going to be and what am I going to do? And, um, I had thought about being an English teacher and a baseball coach. And uh, my dad was actually, you know, a broadcaster for ages and ages doing Braves games. And so he never really pushed me in that direction, but I thought I'd give it a try and kind of worked at the campus radio station in Athens and, you know, enjoyed getting into the games for free and that kind of thing and, and covering sports. And that's that's really where it started. And then, you know, you just kind of pay your dues along the way. Evan, you, you know, you work in little TV stations and get your experience and see how far it'll take you. And, and now I've been at Turner for the last uh, 35 years. I can't believe that either. <laughs> Let's dig in deeper because you said that uh, your dad was a baseball player. He won a World Series back in 57, right? With Hank Aaron. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what was that like? What were those early days and memories? Like uh, you saw some pretty great baseball, but also some uh, 
pretty serious things off the field in regards to, you know, Mr. Aaron and the civil rights movement. And, you know, you picked sure. up and moved from uh, the Midwest and Yankee area down to the South. So I'm sure it's a bunch of different, you know, kind of cultural culture shock for you. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, I was, you know, um, I have two older <laughs> sisters. And so they got to enjoy, you know, watching my dad actually play more than I yeah. did because I was born in, I was born in 56. He retired in 59. And so it's like, yeah. Uh, you know, I've, I've seen videos of him, uh, but, but my experience with him was more just tagging along, going to the ballpark when he was calling games. And it was, a, I mean, as a kid, man, that's a great way to, to grow up. You know, you go to the stadium hours before the first pitch, you're hanging around the batting cage. Hank Aaron's asking you how your little league team is doing. You know, it's like, this is ridiculous. Uh, and, and so it was, um, it was uh, it was a, a blessed way to grow up, you know, for a sports loving kid to be able to do that. And um, and and yeah, I mean, the move, you know, when you're eight or nine years old and you're living in Milwaukee and they say you're moving to Atlanta, I had no idea what Atlanta was. I there was no I had no clue. And and then so but basically that's where I've grown up down here in the south. And um, and it was. um you know, I you know watched Henry and during his chase of Babe Ruth's record, and uh, and then you become aware, obviously, of how difficult a, uh, a task that was for him. It's 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 enough to chase a legend's home run record, but it's another to do it under the circumstances he was doing it. You know, because there was a lot of racial stuff going on, there was a lot of hate, um, and to Henry Aaron's credit, he was strong enough to withstand all of that and then and then become, you know, the greatest home run hitter I'd ever seen. Mm. Well, let's talk about your transition and how you start out. You know, I think you made your first debut on uh, Inside the NBA 1990. And... There's been a lot of discussions recently. Evan and I have been talking about it, you know, how the game has changed uh, in the last four or five years. But going back to 1990, you know, kind of talk to us about how the halftime show was then and then how sports <laughs> media has progressed, you know, through these different times. Because we also spoke to there's only been a few players throughout NBA history who have actually changed the game in a dramatic way. And uh, we were speaking to a friend last night and he said, uh, Magic was one, MJ was another, and Steph Curry was another. Uh, but from your world, you know, how have you seen the coverage of the game and, you know, the 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 content being driven from, you know, around the game, how that's changed over time? Yeah, I mean, when I started out, um, Craig Sager was actually the studio host when I, when I started at TNT. And Craig always wanted to be out in the field and, and be in the sideline reporter. And they and they made the change. And um, uh, so, I mean, when I first sat in that chair, I mean, it was, it was just like every other show. It was really just a highlight driven kind of halftime show where you just go through the games. Here's a highlight. Here's a score. Here's a highlight. Here's a score. We'll be back after this. Here's a couple more highlights and boom, I'll see you after the game. Uh, and it was me by myself. Um, and so th that can get a little boring for the viewer. And um, and I think that we, um, as as Cheryl Miller and Reggie Theus, Dick Versace, mm -hmm. folks like that, started joining mm -hmm. me. Dick uh, it, yeah, remember it, it gives you it gives you an opportunity um, to kind of be more of who you are, not just sitting down to say, okay, let's spit out these highlights and and that's it. 
So we're able to have more conversations like this. Uh, and, and we're able to, you know, when you have an analyst next to you, you're able to really pan where they've been and, and have, you know, situations that they've been in and that you can, you can tap into that. So, um, that was, um, that was the biggest change early on for me. And then when we, when, you know, Kenny was in between, you know, 10 days late in his career, uh, every now and then we'd say, Hey, let's, uh, let's have Kenny Smith. in." And the first time we had him in the studio, I remember talking to Tim Kiley, our producer, and we're saying, man, this guy gets it. Man, he's just he's just got this natural ability to communicate and to uh, and to not lose who he is at all. I mean, he's you know, Kenny's got this New York thing, calls himself Ken and why, you know, it's, it's like he's got all of this stuff going on. And um, and so that's uh, he was he was an immediate fit. And so he and I had a he and I had a great time. And it was so much fun in those early days just to be able to bounce things off to Kenny. And he he was never at a loss for something to say, because we've seen enough guys. I've seen enough guys in the course of my career when the red light goes on. A guy who was a great postgame interview and was always, you know, had a great personality. You thought he'd be great on TV when the Mm -hmm. red light went on. It was like, where did that guy go? He, he just right. disappeared. That was never a situation with Kenny and, and obviously never a situation with Chuck, you know, when, you know, when he was always the most quotable guy in the world as a player and always spoke his mind and he, he never, he never changed a bit. And I think that's one of the reasons that the three of us have been together for more than 20 years uh, is that they never lost sight of who they are and just brought that to the screen. So when you sit there and you you added Shaq to the last part, was there ever a point? Because I'm assuming you went to you know school for this. You're you know big time media <laughs> guy. Were you, were you ever like, damn, I'm sitting here with three ex athletes. How can I carry the ass across the finish line? And like, you know what I mean? Like, was there ever something like that? Did you feel like, yo, I don't want to have to babysit in this sense, or was there a leeway uh-huh. of making sure, like, yo, there'll, there'll be a grace period, or was the first no. day you were just like, when you all four together, just like, yo, this is a uh, we're going to be here forever. You know, Evan, that's a great question. And and look, I've never lost sight of the fact that how, how privileged I am to be sitting in the chair that I'm sitting in. And it was yeah. never, oh, how am I going to carry these guys? It was like, how am I going to keep up? And, <clears throat> and that was and 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 I've and you you name the sport. I mean, look, in the course of the decades I've been at Turner, you know, I had NFL studio with Ken Stabler. I've had baseball studio and baseball play-by-play with John Smoltz and Cal Ripken and Dennis Eckersley and and Jimmy Rollins and you and and Pedro Martinez. Um, that's, I mean, I'm the luckiest guy in the world because you can't help but when you hang out with folks like that, just learn even more about the game. You think you know a lot until you sit sit there with guys who have played it at the highest level, and so I feel just very fortunate. Uh, to have been able to do this for this long. And, and especially in the case of inside the NBA, look, there's always a TV executive who thinks, you know what? I have a better mix of guys in mind. Let's try this guy with this guy, this guy. I mean, the only change we've made is Shaq, you know? And, and so you add the world's biggest kid um, to, to those shenanigans that we've got going on there. And, and it's going to be a good time. And so, I mean, you think about it, Shaq's been there more than a dozen years with us too. Yeah. And so, hmm. um, yeah, it's, um, 
it's the world's greatest job. I call it a get to job. And, you know, when I yeah. talk to college, when I talk to college kids, you know, we're in journalism school and I was doing that just the other day at my alma mater at Georgia. So it's a, it's a get to not a got to. We've seen enough folks who have got to jobs who mm-hmm. walk into work like this. like, Oh, man, I got to do this again today. And it, for me, it's a get to. And it's not like I show up at work like this every day hey, it's a get to job. <laughs> I mean, every every job has its moments. But to be able to do this for this long with this group, man, that's off the charts. I'm yeah. still in that, by the way. You got to get to. Yeah, you yeah. got to get two jobs, right? <laughs> I was thinking that. I was thinking yeah. that. Yeah. I was also wondering, you talked about earlier about trying to say keep up. How have you been able to stand out? You know, you're one of the bigger, besides, you know, obviously Doris Burke, you're one of the biggest, you know, media personalities in regards to basketball. How are you able to stand out? keep your authenticity and, you know, continue to build that following up there with Tony Hawk. Black folks yeah. love you just as much, bro. <laughs> <laughs> to be, like, to be honest, I am I lying? I like some I got, early I got, people will be like, nah. <laughs> dude, dude, I got a stack of invites to the barbecue. I, and I, and I, and I enjoy that. And I, and I realize that. Uh, and it's, and um, I think the way that you stand out is not trying to. If, mm-hmm. if indeed I'm standing out, I mean, uh, if you the thing about our show that's great is nobody tries to make the show about themselves. And I think that that's one of the biggest downfalls uh, that, that a show can have is if somebody is trying to make it about them. But that's never been the case with us. You know, everything that happens, you know, some nights you're going to be talking the next day about, oh, did you see what Chuck did? Oh, did you see what Shaq did? You see Kenny toss Shaq into the tree? Did you see all of that stuff? just kind of happens. And so nobody's trying to make the show about themselves. And and I think when that happens, when there's kind of that selfless feel, then everybody stands out and the show stands out. So that's, I think uh, we've been able to succeed in that area simply because of the personalities there and the fact that, hey, look, we're four guys who just love each other. And I don't want that to sound corny or any of that, but it's true. It's true. We've been through a lot of us have been we've been through a lot of stuff in each of our lives that we've been able to to be there for them. Um, and so I think it really begins with that mutual respect and that admiration and that love for each other. Now, you spoke earlier about, you know, doing uh, baseball um, and then, you know, we spoke about golf, you know, yeah, do, doing golf coverage. Uh, how do you. Not switch up who you are, but how are you thinking about tailoring your voice or the tone to the audience, you know, throughout these different sports or doing the Olympics or just the right. vast array of things that you you get a chance to uh, cover? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm sticking your ass. No, it's like uh, you, you realize you realize the events that you're doing and. And so I, I, I can still remember the first time I did a, a golf tournament. That was back in 1995. Uh, we, uh, and that was the first year of 20-something that I did the PGA Championship uh, for TNT as we're working with our friends at CBS. And, and so the same vibe that you use in a studio show when you're chopping it up with Kenny and Shaq and Chuck, that's not going to really work on a golf telecast. The, the, the telecast doesn't lend itself to that, doesn't lend itself to long storytelling. So you learn that in a hurry. And, you know, one of the best uh, mentors I had for that was Vern Lundquist, because oh. Vern and I were working together on, CB, on, on those CBS TNT 
PGA championships. And I remember sitting in a golf cart with him at Riviera and just saying, hey, what can you tell me about what I'm about to get into? He said, you're a caption writer. He said, folks can see what's going on on the screen. You just got to put a caption to it. So don't worry about getting long winded and talking and talking and talking. And then when you're working with Jim Nance, it's like, I'm not going to come on like this. Not when Jim's saying, good afternoon, friends. You know, it's like it's like you you, you realize you know, the kind of tone that is set by the event you're covering. And then it's going to and that's going to be different from when you're doing a baseball game and something gets exciting late in the game. And so you just learn that through reps. I think that's yeah. I think that's the best way to put it. Well, you've done a lot of different events, and obviously I've, I've been trying to get out to events, but Dre's been super busy playing. What's been some events or world, you know, events that's been super fun to cover? You suggest a basketball crowd to really jump out and go explore. That, that shocked yeah. you, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, there, there are certainly moments uh, th- that you witness in an arena. I mean, look, when LeBron went for that, what, 29 or whatever he did in Detroit, you know, and that, yeah. that run, you know, to – when you're in that arena, when you're in the arena, when Vince is dunking, you know, in, in Oakland yeah. and, you know, th- that dunk contest, that was like a that was like a playoff game. You know, mm-hmm. every time he took off, it was it, it was it was a, a very unique feeling. But at the same time, like getting to do the Olympics and, and these are things that that mean a lot to me because I witnessed them because you know, the history and the backstory of, of how they occurred. But there was a guy named Dan Jansen who was a great speed skater. And I happened to be doing speed skating at the Olympics in both France and Norway. And, um, and Dan was the best in the world, but had a lot of personal issues going on. He lost his sister to leukemia, um, back in the late eighties while he was at the Olympics. And then in his races where he was favored to win, he fell, in both races, which is unheard of. And, and he stuck with it through the years. And finally, in his last chance in Norway, and I'm calling this, he's in the thousand meters and he wins in world record time and then skates a a victory lap holding his daughter, Jane, who was named for his late sister. And so the emotions of a situation like that, you never forget that, man. It's just like, uh, it, it supersedes any of the competition, actually. And, and those are the kind of stories that make sports so great. And, you know, in golf, shoot, Jack Nicklaus played his last major at St. Andrews um, at, the, at the Open Championship. And we're on the air that day. You know, this is not weekend coverage that's that's ABC. This is the Thursday, Friday coverage. And we've got it. And here's Jack coming down. to He's not going to make the cut. But he's playing the 18th at the old course, this birthplace of golf, and he birdies the 18th. And to be on the air when that was happening and to know when to shut up is the important thing there. You know, it's not like, again, it's not like, oh, wow, this is huge for Jack. I'm not I'm, I'm just going to talk the whole time. No, you wrote captions to it. And it was uh, it was just a marvelous moment. And again, one of many I've just been I felt so privileged to be a part of. Mm, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. And Hey there, it's Matt Norlander with the CBS Sports Eye on College Basketball Podcast. And yes, we are in the thick of the college hoop season. Our pod runs at least three times a week and covers everything you need to know. From the power conference team to the mid-majors, the scoops, the stories, game predictions, previews, huge recaps, everything. We cover it all. To find us, search Eye on College Basketball Podcast wherever you get your pods.
I, I kind of want to go in that direction because it's, it feels like that's where we're taking it in terms of obstacles and how do you overcome things and, you know, your battle with cancer. And, you know, my father uh, passed in 2013 uh, from cancer. Uh, and, you know, just the awareness that you, and, and being able to give yourself to the, the entire basketball community, the sports community, and be open about, you know, what you're going through and then how you're tackling it. Uh, this thing is very inspirational. And a lot of people, I think, feel those effects. And in turn, like that's the energy you're driving. And so I wanted to ask, you know, what advice would you give others who are, who are facing, you know, obstacles, obstacles similar to what you battle with cancer? You know, that was, man, that go it's going back so many years because I, you know, the first time I had, I've had cancer twice. And, and the first time was 2003 was non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And the thing about it, you're kind, you're dealing with this, and it was it was a slow growing thing. So nobody out there knew what I was dealing with, um, uh, aside from some of the folks at Turner and and my family, obviously. But uh, it wasn't until 2006 when I I started swelling up uh, my lymph nodes and that kind of thing. And and then you just have to be look. People are inviting you into their homes every night. And when something doesn't look right, people are going to notice. And I thought the best way to handle that was just honestly say, look, this is what is going on. I've had this for a while now. We've taken an approach of waiting to see what direction it's going to take. And I'm going to start chemotherapy in June. And so and I think that allowed people to say, rather than just point fingers and say, geez, what the heck is going on with him? It's like, okay, we understand. And um, yeah, so I had had chemo in 06 for that and and uh, went into remission. And and that's been, you know, that's everything has been great on that end since 2006. I had prostate cancer a few years ago and took care of that. And so uh, it's just, we all have stuff, fellas. I mean, mm. everybody out there, everybody who's watching us has stuff too. And I, I never wanted people to think, hey, look, uh, cancer means you got to stop everything. No, no, we're gonna we're gonna fight our way through this. And I was kind of, you know, publicly doing that uh, you know, while dealing with a you know it's a very private situation. But I it, but if it can help people, then that's that's if somebody can take some inspiration from that or take some kind of a um, strength from that, it's great. And Craig Sager was a great example of that too. We saw Craig before he passed. You know, all he wanted to do was be on the sidelines. You know, there mm. were days where he had chemo in the morning and work a game that night, which I couldn't imagine doing, but he did mm. it. Yeah, and did that example really set you up? Because you just got an award recently for, uh, you know, award of excellence for uh, your help with cancer research and fundraising. And, uh, you know, a lot of different philanthropic work. How, you, how have you been able to keep diving into that and make that part of your focal point, considering, you know, such a you know crazy schedule and you have your own personal, you know, uphill battles to struggle with? And then overcome. Yeah, I, yeah, Evan. I I think it's um, it goes back to something else. I, I I like to say is that this job is not um, who I am. It's what I do. You know, if mm -hmm. some people can look at me. Hey, you're the TNT guy. Yeah, that's yeah, that's my job. But you know, look, I'm a I'm a husband. I'm a father of six. I got five grandkids. That's that's who I am. And um, and also who I am is is are the things that that. Uh, that I deal with, you know, you know, whether it's the cancer stuff we talked about or look, we, my, Cheryl and I lost a son, 
You know, we lost Michael a couple of years ago um, and he lived this remarkable life of 33 years. And eventually it was muscular dystrophy that took him from us. But but it's um, those are the things that make make you who you are and, and what what you must do in my role. Look, I'm on TV, but I've got to, as my dad always said, just be yourself. And so that's that's what I'm going to do. You know, this is what I'm this is what I'm going through. This is what I feel comfortable sharing, that kind of thing. And so, um, again, we all have stuff, um, but not everybody who has stuff is sitting on TV and being in your living room. And so the, you, you just kind of you got to feel your way through that and, and, and decide what's appropriate to share and, and, and how uh, and how you basically handle that. So well, uh, EJ. Oh yeah, bring, talk, go, ahead, go ahead, both of you. Go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. Look at the same time. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'm gonna. He has such great insight, and he can read the room. And, you know, he always has this awareness about him, where he just and he can see where things are trending too. It feels like to us, like you just have a great calmness to you. And in the world that we're in now, we saw um, Turner being uh, brought in, uh, into a conglomerate with Warner Brothers Discovery. And we're seeing, you know, the streaming and how that's disrupted, you know, people people are cutting cable, you know, these kids are, you know, they're consuming content in a totally different way. The metrics are being, you know, rated and they're being viewed differently on on how they calculate it all. Uh, Where do you see the sports landscape going in terms of how it's consumed? And from are you paying attention to where we're headed in terms of coverage around sports, which is pretty much what you do. And so what do what do you think the next generation wants to see? Because it seems like we're moving away from, you know, it's more it's more entertainment It's more. So personalities and it's like, I hope we don't get away from, you know, we talk about the where the game's going and I don't want to get away from the fundamentals of the game. I don't want to get away from the camaraderie of team sport. You know, I don't I don't want to see every night somebody can score 70 because that's just, you know, we just shooting shots and there's no defense. You know, right. like where do you think we're where do you think we're headed and how can we save ourselves? It's almost like global warming. Like at some point we got to reverse <laughs> this thing. Like how can we save ourselves from, you know, Winter getting away lit. from what it was? It, yeah. When it, like E.T. says, from when it was lit, like what it was intended for, because I think we forget that sometimes. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, obviously the landscape is so totally different than when I you know, when I started at Turner, you know, where it was just, you know, I hope you gather around your TV set tonight. And there was no I don't know that there was DVR and that kind of thing. It was like, if you want to watch a game, you better be in front of the set. And now right. things are things are totally different. And, and streaming has changed a lot, too. And then and then the way that you present the game itself, it's not enough to just do the game anymore. Now you like the Manning cast and that, and we've done things that during all-star weekend where the four of us sit here and watch the game and call it. I say call it, but I'm, I'm not really doing play by play because these guys are arguing about what kind of snacks we've got, you know, and it's like, <laughs> it's, it's just, it is, it's kind of like, what's going to be the most entertaining way and what are the options? And so I think like we haven't gotten away from, Hey, this year for the all-star game, we're not going to do a traditional broadcast. We're just going to do these four clowns watching the game. You know, it's, it's just, here's another option for you. And so mm-hmm. I think that's, I don't think that's a bad thing that with, that we provide other ways to, if, you know, if this is going to be more entertaining for you than a traditional broadcast, okay, fine. Let's see how that works. But, um, 
I, I don't even know, like guys, five years from now, how are we going to be watching games? What's mm-hmm. it, you know, what's it going to, what's it going to be like? I mean, and when we do March Madness, I'm, you know, when I'm walking to the studio to, to, you know, when I was doing the New York studio, I'd be, I'd be walking down the street with a Starbucks and watching the game on my phone. You know, it's like, I never saw any of that coming. So I think a lot of the things we didn't see coming are going to be right in front of us, you know, as a reality in no time, especially the way things have, things have grown, um, it's so much in the last few years. And it's, as far as, as far as the game goes, I don't know if, you know, you want to avoid the, you know, old man, you know, thing like, well, back in my day, they played the right. game. This way. The game is right. played in a different way. Kids, kids grow up watching the game in a different way. Kids grow mm-hmm. up, you know, kids growing up now saying, well, I guess you got to score. I guess your team's got to score 160 to win in the NBA. I guess that's the way it is. So I guess it's got to be, you know, you better, you know, hone your game. So it's all offensive. I mean, I don't know how many kids grow up anymore thinking, Hey, it's cool to play defense. Probably zero. <laughs> so they're not paying. They're not paying for it right now. So well, I know. <laughs> no, no, you're, you're exactly, you're exactly right. And, and look, social media is, yeah, I mean, the whole, that whole landscape, you know, to consider that part of our show every night is throwing in comments from people who are watching, you know, it used to be that yeah. because that immediacy, your, your ability to react, um, to whatever is said on the air or what happens in a game, everything's instantaneous. And so at, at a time, there was a time where we said, now we don't need to put any tweets on or we don't need to do that. And now it's an integral part of our coverage is, is somebody out there said this about you, Chuck, and boom, here we go. And and it opens up another avenue of discussion or uh, clowning. I, I, I want to speak to that as well. Because we've seen it a few times where, you know, as an analyst, you have to call the game how you see it. And sometimes you have to be critical of a player. Mm-hmm. And how have you seen, has that changed over time? You know, I feel like sometimes is, is a player, is a player sensitive or does a player, is he in his right to, you know, have a, have an issue with, you know, someone overly critiquing him? Because now we live in a social media world where like, Jordan Poole is, you know, that guy now, where at one point it was JaVale McGee was that guy. And it's like, you. I understand, yes, you're, you're calling the game how you see it. You want to play it at the highest level. But there is a fine line between, you know, being critical of a guy and using a guy as, as a way to, you know, uh, spark some controversy or, or get some, a few more likes or, you know, get some attention. Sure. I mean, I, but I think, again, no, it's knowing your role from, from my standpoint. Look. I can point out maybe a guy's deficiencies numbers wise. Hey, look, he's down a three point percentage. Hey, his, you know, his plus minus is this, Hey, you know, what's going on. But I think player to player, when you got Shaq and Kenny and Chuck, look, these guys have played the game at the highest level. They've got championships. uh, And, and so for them to say, this is part of his game. I think he needs to improve on. And I think one of the things Shaq has always said, look, if he gets on Joel Embiid, it's because he wants Joel Embiid to be the best possible player he can be. So I think, I think um, players have to realize that too. And none of the, none of the guys on our show wants to want to go after somebody, you know, you can certainly look at somebody's behavior, man. And you say, okay, what's your take on what John Morant, you know, like John Morant situation. Okay. Um, 
and and you speak from the heart. You speak honestly. You know the situation. You know the the stories. And this is your opinion on it. Okay, that should be fine. Um, so I think it it behooves us to know what we know what we're talking about, but also for players to realize, look, these guys these guys aren't against us. These guys are paid to analyze. And and again, if their analysis is going to spur somebody to say, you know what, he's probably right. I probably do need to get back on defense better. I probably do need to run the floor more. Uh, but if you're going to just take that and say, no, that's just old men who don't understand today's game, then I think you're making a mistake. Mm-hmm. I, I, so I guess to lead off on that, you guys, he's been on the Gilbert Arena show. What do you say? You never had any crazy NBA players have crazy responses to you, but the best three-point shooter in the world, what, what was that young guy's name? Michael, uh, he shot the skinny saw- the jet. Yeah, I saw some of that. It's, you know, it's not, that's not the way I remembered it. I remembered us bringing this guy in and, and, and giving him his props for, for setting this record. And then you're in the studio and you've got NBA players in there and you're on Kenny's court where Kenny shoots against everybody and, yeah. and, and Kenny knocked down three in a row, you know? And so I'd, I'm. I don't even want to get into any of all that rehashing of what happened there. Right. No, I'm sorry that he didn't enjoy his time with us, but we certainly had no agenda to say, "Hey, let's let's really go after this guy." No, I mean, shoot, the guy he brought. He brought a little kid in that he'd been tutoring on how to play, and and the kid beat Shaq in a free throw contest. Nobody's talking about that. It was a great moment. Yeah, no, that's real. <laughs> no, I will say I say this all the time. I know a lot of people that can shoot. But I want to see you run down the court fast as you can five times. <laughs> and then the fifth time, run into a top of the key three. No hesitation. And you got to make eight out of ten. Now, that's the difference between guys in the league and guys that aren't in the league. And so I don't have any. Yeah, they'll be all right. It's the reason why they are in the league. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, real. Clowning moments. I know y'all have, y'all have a lot of fun. Make sure you got me. Okay, okay. Y'all have a lot of fun on set. I think that's the thing that bring viewers, like they, it's like a real homey feel. Like I'm at home, I'm relaxing, I'm with the guys. I can see something that's just like relatable and there's a lot of clowning. Give us some. There are so many. I don't know that I can even. Um, I I can't narrow them all down. But I mean, it's it's like back when Magic was working with us, we were uh, we closed the studio to Chuck one night. We called the studio the Champions Club. So you had to have you had to have a ring to get in to do halftime. And we totally surprised him with it. He had no idea it was coming. We even had actual like security guards outside the studio on a red carpet. So Magic Magic walks me in and says, hey, he's with me. He doesn't have a ring, but he's with me, so he can come in. Kenny walks in with his, you know, yeah, I've got a couple with Houston. Chuck comes up outside the studio and says, so y'all trying to play a trick on the Chuckster. But he, and, and that's that was one of the greatest things I'd ever seen. And, and that's what makes it work because, Everybody can hit, you know, everybody can take it and everybody can dish it out. Nobody gets their feelings hurt. Everybody can laugh at themselves. And so I've seen enough guys on TV who have NBA resumes 
who say, yeah, you can go this far, but don't do this. I mean, we used to weigh Chuck when Chuck was saying he wanted to get down to his uh, to his playing weight. And on the air live, he would get on a scale. And and that was early on in, in our in our run. And so, you know, it's that it's diaper changing contests. It's it's Kenny trying to mimic Kobe's uh, uh, commercial about jumping over the uh, Aston Martin, you know, and then we wind up running Kenny down in the parking lot. I mean, it's all those things. And so um that's been the great part about the job. Sure, for the NBA fan, for the diehard who wants his analysis, we're there for that. But we're also there with the stuff, just the other stuff that even if you're not a huge NBA fan, you're like, hey, that was that was pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, we appreciate you. Appreciate the time. Um, you know, like you said, like you were an integral part of our childhood and. Just what you do for the game of basketball is, is, is amazing, and I think we all appreciate it. We all understand it, and uh, we just want to thank you. And to many more years of success, um, we, we, E.T. and I will we'll come into the studio. We want to do an internship and see, like, how what are the ingredients on how to build this special thing that you've built? And so we would love to continue to chop it up with you. And uh, get me on, and you'll give me an excuse to get on a golf course, so please, please accept <laughs> application to be interns yeah that'd be great we'll have a, we'll have a 35 and a 40 year old interns uh, walking around the studio having Shaq and charles say hey get me this get me that yeah i don't, I don't know that i don't know that that's what you really want out of your life at this point but if but if you're willing we got a spot yeah. for you so we'll be free interns aren't free anymore so they right get <laughs> no they, they are in our place they are in our place they're free <laughs> Guys, thank well, you much. Thank you so appreciate much. I appreciate you. No, I appreciate you too. Thanks. And again, happy birthday, man. No, thank you. I appreciate I really I really appreciate that. I had uh, two folks sing to me. One was a rapper and then you gave me your rendition. So <laughs> you I, I bet his was better. <laughs> no, it, it, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. It really wasn't. It wasn't. Enjoy it, guys. Thank you so no, much. No, thank you. Take care. Yeah, be good. Later. Without a ball, it's just a court. And without your spirit, it's only a game. So, together with the fans, we bring our best. For your next pregame, let's share a twist on a classic. The Hennessy Margarita. A squeeze of fresh lime juice and a bit of agave syrup. Topped off with ice and a salted rim. Mix it, shake it, pour it. And enjoy the spirit of the NBA. Hennessy. Without your spirit, it's only a game. 21 and older, please drink responsibly. 